0: Hello, and welcome to the Straight STR podcast. Uh, Today's episode, we are going to be talking about amenities and outfitting. Um, And just right off the top, I know with this particular podcast, I promised you quick hitters. And uh, this one is going to be a little bit longer just because there is so much to cover and to talk about. Um, But I'll do my best to talk fast and get it all fit in. Um, Just off the top here, a lot of the amenities... uh, Discussion does depend on the size of your unit. Um, some amenities don't make sense for a large, uh, you know, if you have, say, six-bedroom house or uh, if you have a studio that's uh, only in a sleep two. So um, a lot of this uh, does boil back to the Know Your Why episode. Um, if you your unit has been purchased because... going to be something that you use you're going to want to focus in on your size right so it all boils down to how many people are you going to uh, market your property to uh, be able to be a number of guests Um, and that number uh, i do want to discuss that before i move on Um, keep in mind that there there's a like an arms race how many people can i get in my unit what i really want you to focus on is how many people can you get in comfortably Right. So we have a two bed, two bath um, unit and I can put bunk beds and and all kinds of mattresses and everything there. And I can say I sleep 12 people. But at the end of the day, they're going to have a miserable uh, time because there's only two bathrooms and uh, they're going to be on top of each other. So don't focus as much as how many people you can get in there. Focus more on how many you can comfortably get in there. And uh, at the end of the day, if your guests are enjoying your space you're gonna get those reviews, so you don't want uh, a space that really should be suited for six and say you advertise eight because you put a couple of air mattresses in there and all of a sudden you're getting bad reviews because those eight people have a terrible time walking all over each other in your in your space. So keep that in mind when you want to try to decide how many people you're going to um, you're going to advertise your rental bringing in uh, just as an example, we have a two bed uh, two bath. And uh, we put a queen in each bedroom and then a queen sleeper sofa. So we do advertise sleeping up to six, but I'll tell you that for that space, that is the absolute max. Um, you, We definitely wouldn't want more uh, in there. So that's kind of uh, where that goes is just keep that thought process in your head. Um, the the comfortably, how many can I comfortably have in my unit? So um, I'm going to go over each room, but first we're going to start with smart products. Um I think, if, especially if you live a ways away, I think the smart products really do help give you that sense of connectivity to your unit. Um, and so we live eight hours away from our current unit and um, having uh, like a smart thermostat and um, a smart lock, uh, well, a smart lock is almost necessary. I'll go into that in a little bit, but um, a, a video doorbell, having those uh, available uh, at your fingertips kind of gives you that sense of connectivity to your unit. Now if you're gonna own 15 of these, that probably doesn't mean as much to you. So um we'll get into that. Uh, the first smart product to me that I think is a must-have is a thermostat. And um no matter what market you pick, there's going to be downtimes. Uh, I don't think there's any market that's 12 months out of the year constantly busy. And for example, uh with Branson um, there's January and February is pretty slow. And you, you know, I have a 10 day block of time in January that isn't filled. I certainly don't want the guest to leave with the thermostat at 75 degrees. And, and now I'm, uh, running, uh, you know, paying for nobody to be in there and for it to be at 75 degrees. Now you can work with your cleaning company and and they can turn that down for you, but everybody's human. If they forget, on the clean again like i said you're you're paying this so having the ability to adjust it and if you really want to try to save the most electricity possible you know you can adjust it between stays up and down Um, just don't forget uh you know you don't want somebody coming into a really cold or a really warm um environment so just don't forget to do that um but i think that helps um on the saving side of things Uh, you can try to reduce your your uh your electricity bill on that so Smart lock. Uh, The only thing I'm really going to go over, uh, whether you're providing a smart lock that uh, is a deadbolt or a lock itself, or if you're providing a smart uh, um, system that just holds the physical key and and you have to punch in the codes to get the physical key out. Either way, whichever way you go, you're probably going to be Wi-Fi connected on that. Um, Even if you live close to the unit, it's just almost a necessity. Um, there's kind of two different kinds. There's the locks that connect directly to the Wi-Fi, and then there's the locks that use a bridge. Now, most people don't like dealing with the bridge because um, it's just, you have to have it plugged in all the time. It's got to be close to the lock. Um, I personally love the bridge, and here's why. With the bridge, you can pair it with a smart plug, and the smart plugs are Very reliably reconnect to the internet. So you can go into your smart plug and reboot your bridge if your lock falls offline. Now, if you have a Wi Fi lock without a bridge, um, that's fine. But when it goes dormant and it goes dark, um, a lot of times you're going to have to have your cleaner reset your Wi Fi for you. Um, With the lock that we use, and it's on my website, I'll plug that a little bit later. But with the lock that we use, um, I can jump on my phone through that smart plug and reboot the bridge, and I'm back online with my lock. So I don't think it matters any lock you go with. Uh, a lot of them, um, you're going to have that issue with them falling offline. So uh, the next is a video doorbell. Um, we obviously, or we use Ring, uh, which is obviously one of the bigger um, carriers in the space, but you, you can go with any video doorbell. Now, one note before we go too much further is if you are using a video doorbell uh, or any video device at all, um, you do need to disclose that in the listing of uh so if it's your Airbnb description or your VRBO description, any of any of the platforms, you do need to disclose it. Um we just put, hey, we have a video doorbell um for our safety and for your safety, right? So you you uh give it to them as if it's uh for 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 their safety as well. Um we got two little tangents on this. Number one, um any outside camera I think is completely fine. I personally don't think anybody should do inside cameras you're going to turn a lot of guests off and i know you want to stop the partying or you want to stop the the common areas smoking or pets or whatever um but the indoor cameras i think are going to turn off a lot of listings uh potential listings or excuse me uh potential guests running um, outdoor, uh, you know, video doorbell is very, not very intrusive at all. If you start putting them everywhere, especially if you're advertising a great backyard where they can spend time, um, then you might get into that fuzzy area with some guests that they just will choose to move on. They just won't rent because they don't want to feel like they're being watched. So just be very careful with any video device, what you, what you're looking for, or what you're looking at, or what you want to keep safe. Um, we think a video doorbell is very lowly intrusive. They're common in the real world. Uh, most people that rent are even going to have one in their own house. So they know what they are. They're not worried about them. And for us, it helps enforce, uh, the reason we think that that is a necessity is it helps enforce your house rules. So what do I mean by that? If you have in your listing description, um, in your house rules, no pets, um, no smoking, um, any any of those rules and occupancy is 6 but they bring 10 if you have uh video proof those uh those listing sites are going to stand behind you more often than not if if you have proof Especially if you're a no pet unit and you have them on video coming in with a pet, it's going to be really easy to collect that additional pet uh, cleaning fee and then stave off a review. Um, and what I mean by stave off a review, we'll cover uh, in another episode. I have an episode just on reviews, so we'll talk about that. Um, so that's the doorbell reason reasoning. Um, then you can go into uh, a smart speaker, or like you can go with an, an Echo, like an Echo Dot, Echo Show, whatever. Um, While, while I think those are very handy, there is a certain percentage of, of people out there that still think those are listening devices, right? So you don't, uh, you don't want to turn anybody away. Um, But also uh, it is kind of a nice thing. If those are there, you can do uh, timers or, or play music or whatever. So um, they're fine. We, don't use them just because I don't want to turn anybody away because I don't think it's a game changer having one. So that's kind of why we made that decision. But I did want to throw that out there uh, as a potential uh, amenity. Um, As far as TVs go, look, if you want to pay for cable or satellite or whatever, then more power to you. Uh, We decided to go with Roku because Roku has a very cool guest mode feature. Um, The uh, guests will come in, they'll put the day they're checking out, and uh, as soon as that uh, time comes, um, it'll log them out of any streaming service they've signed into. So we provide them the guest mode. They log into their Netflix or more Disney or whatever they have for streaming services. And then it auto logs them out. So it's a very low cost way to be able to provide TV, but yet not have to be on your dime. There is a litany of other smart products out there. I just went over kind of the baseline or or somewhat essentials, um, but I could do a whole episode on just smart products. So just wanted to throw those out there. So I'm going to start in the kitchen. And one thing, uh, the most important thing in the kitchen is if you don't provide any amenity at all, at least provide coffee. Whether you want to do a pod or the pod system, a Keurig or any of the other pod systems, or if you want to uh, just get a coffee pot and filters and, and the ground coffee, it doesn't matter. Just provide coffee. Trust me, you're going to get asked about coffee. Even if you have it in one of your listing pictures, they're still going to ask about it. So uh, I've had a number of requests for coffee. Um, but as far as the dinnerware and bakeware, and on the dinnerware, now keep in mind, again, this all doesn't matter if unless you have a kitchen you know if you don't if you have say a studio and it doesn't have a kitchenette in it then you can just skip this altogether. but as far as a kitchen or a kitchenette goes the general rule of thumb is 2x on any uh amenity for like for example dinner where if you list that you or if you advertise that you will support five people or five or excuse me we'll go four four guests the 2x rule means you should be providing eight plates eight bowls eight glasses etc Um, The reason for that is so that they can have two different meals and not have to wash dishes. Now, if you are providing a kitchen, kitchenette, and dinnerware, you're going to have to provide, if you have a dishwasher, provide some dishwashing uh, detergent. Or if you, we just get the little singles of the, I think it's palm olive. uh, We get little singles and just put those up there and we've never had any complaints there. So um, providing them with something uh, there. Uh, Then we move on to bakeware. And this is where things can get really interesting. So my advice is just be simple. Keep it simple. Get the pizza pan, the cookie sheet, the, the, um, the, uh, cake pans, sorry. And just stay simple because, you know, you really could get yourself in trouble and all of a sudden you're purchasing, um, many different uh, uh, pans and, and such. So just stay simple. Uh, most guests are just going to be there uh, for a few few nights and and uh, aren't going to go crazy. Um, so just provide them with enough to, to make some simple meals. Um, now, if you do get a request, because um, we did, we had a request from a guest once. Hey, do you have X? Well, you know, sorry, no, we don't. We just try to provide the basics. But hey, if you'd like to go out and purchase it, um, leave it behind, and we and send me their receipt, and I'd be happy to reimburse you. So that's a way you can handle that while also stocking um, your your uh, STR in case anybody else in the future would want that. So just kind of some interesting ways uh, you can do that. Um, you're going to need paper towels or napkins. You don't have to do both, but do one or the other. And then uh, and then the things like toasters, blenders, mixers. Um, all of that stuff is nice to have again. Uh, if they want to use it, uh, we find that not that stuff doesn't get used all that often. Um, but just make sure that your cleaning crew is okay with it and just come up with a method, um, telling the guest, Hey, if you use it, please leave it out so that, that we know and we get it, get it cleaned up. Um, the next thing that you'll look at is like wine glasses, uh, wine, wine bottle openers. Um, it's cheap, it's easy to, to have available and it really does help. We have actually been asked, um, if we have that stuff. So so it's just easy to have something that's easy to have that that uh, um, may potentially get you a booking. So so well, that's the essentials in the kitchen. Obviously, like I said, you can kind of go nuts and, and go all out and get a whole bunch of stuff. But to me, that's the essentials. So I'll move on to the bathrooms. Obviously, toilet paper is on that list. Um, you should provide a plunger, uh, whether you leave it out in plain sight or you have a place to hide it. Either way, just provide one. And then, um, for the showers, uh, bathtubs, whatever, um, we chose to go a dispenser route. So you can purchase dispensers, you can bolt them directly to the wall and buy gallon, uh, you know, shampoo, shower gel, uh, conditioner, all that stuff. And then just have your cleaner, keep filling those dispensers to us. That's the more economical way of doing things. You can do the singles, uh, but those get thrown away a lot and, uh, potentially lead to waste. Um, so, and a lot of guests are going to bring their own stuff anyway. So yes, it's it's almost essential that you provide it, but they may not use it anyway. So that's why the dispensers are nice. Our cleaners have told us, it, even if you provide the singles, if they come to clean, it's a sanitary issue. They have to throw them away, even if they look like they haven't been used. So that's why we chose the dispensers. But you can certainly do um, whatever you want there. Just provide some option. And then when you get into the towels... Same thing with the two x rule in the kitchen, right? so if you're advertising for four guests, you're gonna need eight towels eight washcloths for each stay um and then most cleaners are gonna ask that you carry two total sets, and the reason for that is is you're gonna have the clean set that they're gonna have um and then when they come in to clean, they're most likely not gonna do laundry at your facility. They may do laundry uh back at their home or you take it to a commercial um you know a laundry facility, but either way, you need a constant rotation of two sets so they can bring the cleans with them and swap out the dirties and then you're gonna need spares as well because you're gonna get stains you're gonna get rips um so just keep that in mind if you're listening for four people, you're gonna need a set of eight a backup set of eight, and then you're probably gonna need some some spares as well so uh just keep that in mind when when you're doing the linens. They also have uh, makeup wipes on Amazon. They're black, embroidered. They say makeup. Those are nice to have unless you want to provide the singles, the throwaway singles as well. But those are nice to have so you don't get your washcloths uh, stained with makeup. And then uh, all of a sudden you're replacing washcloths left and right. So um, those are pretty much the uh, essentials uh, in the bathroom. And uh, again, you you can go over the top with some you know whether it be some lotions or uh toothbrushes toothpaste all that stuff you can kind of really have some fun there if you want to try to set yourself um set yourself apart but all right so now we'll move to the bedroom and in a little disclaimer in the bedroom um this can go in many different directions just because you know if you have say a two bedroom unit right do you want a king in the master and bunk beds in the secondary do you want two queens in the master do you want two twin, like you can just have any number of possibilities. Uh, that boil, that goes back to what I said previously, how many people are you going to advertise and how many people are you going to advertise comfortably can be in your unit. And so when you're making those bedding decisions, you can use that. Um, when I said we do six, we have a queen in each bedroom and then we have a queen pull-out sofa. And so we feel that that is again, the max and, um, I will say king is probably most preferred Um, we just chose queen because it's easier to have a second set of everything if you have queen beds Um, so that's just the reason we chose that if i did a studio for example we would probably just go with one king bed so there's just all kinds of decisions you have to make again we chose two queens because that way when you have to purchase your second sets of everything well now i can have one backup and for each queen instead of having one backup for king and one for queen so just some things to keep in mind. There's no right or wrong way to do it, just however you want to boil it down. Um, as far as the bedding itself, like the mattress or the pillows or the, the quality of the sheets, um, I don't want you to run out and buy the cheapest thing possible. I know that's going to be um it's going to be appealing because you have to buy a set, then you have to buy a backup set, then you have to buy backups for your backups. So it, it can add up quickly. You don't have to spend the high dollar though either, right? You don't need to buy a $100 pillow, um, but you also don't need to be buying the $4 pillow. So, so meet somewhere in the middle and have, um, because you could spend $100 on a pillow and $2,000 $2, on a mattress and you'll get, inevitably, you'll get that review that says beds were uncomfortable or pillow made my neck hurt or bedding is such a, um, every guest is going to have a different perception of of their bedding comfort. So don't make yourself crazy on trying to provide the perfect comfort. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but we chose to do is put a pillow top mattress, uh, excuse me, a mattress cover, a mattress topper on one of our beds and not on the other. And the reason for that is we feel like um, that provides a softer option and then maybe a more firm option. And if they potentially don't like the sleep in one bedroom, they might switch the next night. Now, Again, you're not going to please everybody and I guarantee you if you do this long enough you're going to get the beds were uncomfortable and then the the crappy review because of that. And uh there's ways we can attack that. I'll cover that in a different uh different episode, but just keep that in mind. Don't drive yourself nuts. Provide them a comfortable stay and for the most part, if people like the unit and it's clean, they're not going to complain about the beds. If something upsets them, chances are they're going to look for anything and everything to complain about. So just keep that in mind. Um, as far as if you have a closet in your unit, you're going to want to provide hangers. If you don't have a closet, you're going to want to provide them somewhere to put their clothes, whether it be a dresser. Um, we personally like the little cube, uh, cubicle organizer systems. Um, You know, you can buy those in in six cubes, four cubes, eight cubes, up and down, you know, uh, landscape. You can buy those in any different configurations, but we we like to use them as a TV stand. And then you can buy the baskets to throw in there. And that allows uh, people a place to put stuff. So um, just some kind of a place to allow them to store their personal belongings. Um, We feel that's very important. And the last thing in the bedrooms that I want to cover is... um, if for the nightstands, uh, you're going to want definitely in the master, you'll probably want two nightstands. You can get away with one. Um, and then in any other bedroom, at least one nightstand next to the bed. But provide, uh, I like to put desk lamps and uh, and alarm clocks that have a USB charging option. Um, everything is charged via USB nowadays. And if you buy that, it just gives them an option just to plug right in to something that's already uh, up and running. So just something to look for there. Um, you can kind of go nuts again, as with any room with some over the top amenities. Um, it's just kind of the sky's the limit and where do you want to stop? Right? So my thought process is let's just provide a comfortable night's sleep and then the over the top amenities will save for other places. So, so, uh, that leads us into what I call the over the top amenities. Um, those are, uh, some cheap options, right? We'll start there books, Games, um, DVDs, and a DVD player. Those are some super easy, super cheap. Um, you could put ten games in there for five bucks a piece, and for fifty dollars, you're going to find um, some people that uh, that are going to mention that in their review. Hey, they even had games for us to play. I promise you that it's a super easy and super cheap way to provide an amenity that uh, may get you a booking and may get you a good review. So. Let, uh, let's go with that at the minimum. Um, you want to provide some outdoor amenities. That's going to depend on your market. We stayed in an Airbnb in Colorado once and they provided snowshoes. Um, I'm not a hiker by any means, but if I was, I, I thought that was a really good idea. We stayed at an Airbnb in Florida and they provided us beach towels. Um, another good idea. When we were down there, we actually rented a beach umbrella. I didn't even know they existed until we went to the, to the souvenir shop and saw it. But I happened to mention that to the host. Hey, this is a cheap I think it was 40 bucks to buy that. That's a cheap thing to throw in there and granted it might get broken, you might have to replace them every uh every 6 months or so, but at the end of the day that's a very cheap way to provide something that may get you a good review down the road. So um and like I said when you get outside they're going to ask for all kinds of things, fire pits, um you know, grills and and My advice to you with amenities in general and trying to go over the top, yes, you want to separate yourself from other listings, but you also don't want to be uncomfortable. So you don't want to just try to provide everything because you may only make one person happy if you try to provide everything. At the end of the day, do what's easy, do what's comfortable for you. And again, that's going to depend on your market and that's going to depend on your proximity. How close are you um, to it? So so that's kind of the end of the discussion here. The last amenity I'll talk about, it's called a welcome package. Um I'll tell you what, it's if you do something, I think it's better than doing nothing. Um we uh went on a pretty low budget uh option. We just give a, a pack of popcorn with a welcome sticker on it and some bottled water. And um look, it it just shows your guest that uh that you you thought about it, you 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 uh care a little bit there and and I've seen welcome packages that go crazy nuts and they might have um, um, local jams and jellies from, <laughs> from the local stores. And and like I said, that's market dependent and it's, uh, you know, how much do you want to spend on a welcome package? But my advice to you is do something. You can go really cheap and, and provide it or you can uh, fix it into your cost and say provide a $10 to $15 welcome package. But at the end of the day, if you provide something, that's a nice little warm message right when they walk in the door and whether, uh, whether it makes sense or not, it's a freebie and everybody loves freebies. So, uh, we've stayed at Airbnbs that had snacks and the kids love that. And so, um, for us, it, it was just kind of, just kind of fun watching them run to the snack counter right away. So again, you can go crazy with it or you can kind of stay simple and in either way, whatever you decide to do, my advice is to do something, some sort of a welcome package. So most of what I've talked about today is uh, can be found on our website. It's blyproperties.com. That's b-l-e-i-c-h properties.com, and on there we have a uh, across the top we have an STR Central tab. Now those are Amazon affiliate links, but they're products that we use to outfit our unit, and um, they're products that have testimonials. I mean I've talked about why we use them and why they're there. So. Um, and if you have a product, uh, drop me a line that that you have used or you've heard about or whatever. I'm always willing to try new things as well. So um, that is the end of the amenities discussion. Um, and like I said, if you have any questions, uh, just go ahead and send them my way. And uh, it could spark a, a future podcast. Um, and if you like this podcast, please hit that like and subscribe button. And we're going to move on to our next uh, our next round of, of, uh, things that we're going to be talking about. So I really hope to keep you listening and keep you excited about this journey. And, uh, thank you for listening to the straight STR podcast.